Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. That's the psalmist. The apostle Paul wrote, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I don't think any of us could question the injunction to be thankful. Uh, We all know that we need to, right? We all accept that responsibility. It's the doing it that becomes a little bit more difficult. You could probably read for me these same verses, and you know some of them by heart. How can we put ourselves in a position to where we can improve in giving thanks, to do it more often? I mean, let's face it. Thanking God sometimes seems forced, doesn't it? Uh, I mean, have you ever sat around a table and somebody says at the table, hey, let's go around and everybody say something that you're thankful for. You might see some roll their eyes and others are thinking, all right, when can this get over so I can get back to eating what's on the table? And there's football afterwards as well. What is it about the human heart to where giving thanks doesn't just spring forth? It's more of a chore than a joy. Maybe it is forced on us sometimes. Uh, Maybe we're overrun by circumstances, that could be. Perhaps some are feeling distressed. And perhaps some, you know, have a difficult marriage or job or whatever, and they just don't feel like it. Well, let's look at it this way. The, The person who said, give thanks in all circumstances, let's just realize this was not a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. This was a guy who didn't have a million-dollar home, okay? Didn't have a a trophy wife. His three kids were not in Ivy League schools. This was the Apostle Paul who says, give thanks in all things. Now, apparently, Paul had been criticized for being an apostle, claiming to be an apostle, and and this also caused his, his message to come under question. I mean, there's, there's a criticism about our clothing or hair or something, and we might get our feelings hurt. And then there's a criticism about our character, right? And that just kind of takes it to a whole other level. And that's what was happening to Paul. He, he'd experienced many hardships. And who would knowingly suffer for something that they knew was a lie? I mean, if he, if he really wasn't an apostle, but he claimed to be, why would he go and suffer the way he did knowingly? that he was lying, but he wasn't lying. So he highlights some of the hardships that he suffers. So listen to this. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times, now that's physical stones, okay? Um, Three times, uh, for, for those of you who grew up in the 60s, just had to throw that in there. Uh, Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, dangers from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship through many a sleepless night in hunger and thirst, often without food and cold and exposure, and apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety 
for all the churches. I love that. He's just being honest. And I feel so stressed and, and pressured about the churches. Hmm. Who is weak and I'm not weak? Who's made to fall and I'm not indignant? If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus, he who is blessed forever, knows that I'm not lying. So when Paul says, give thanks in all things, I mean, he can back it up with a level of hardship that few humans have gone through, right? And this is not a, you know, force that plastic smile and speak Christianese kind of thankfulness. I don't think so. Uh, this was a gratefulness from the heart, from a guy who'd been severely tested. There are times when giving thanks is a hard choice. Uh, there's a, a gentleman that I discipled when I was a youth pastor, and we uh, were close friends. He was in Janet and I's wedding. He and his wife buried their 26-year-old son yesterday. It was found in his bedroom. Don't know the cause. Uh, this man and wife have now understood the dark side of in all circumstances. Is God still good? Uh, does God's character change with the circumstances? Sometimes the obedience of giving thanks is leveraged through an aching heart. Our passage in 1 Thessalonians extends these responsibilities. I mean, this would be enough just to say, in all things, give thanks. Then he says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. I mean, come on, Paul. Really, just, it's enough pressure with the giving thanks. You've got to add that. Yeah, I mean, commentators don't seem to even agree on what the difference is between rejoicing and giving thanks, so I'm not going to blow hot air and let you think I know what the difference is. Uh, it seems to be in some type of expression, how, in other words, how it comes out. But we know this, that thanksgiving and rejoicing have a lot in common. For instance, both are public acts of worship or private disciplines. Uh, both are rooted in the unchanging character of God. Both are the responsibility of the believer, regardless of circumstances. I mean, rejoicing is not equal to happiness. You know, happiness is winning the lottery, right? It's contingent on outward circumstances. Rejoicing seems to be something that's, that's deeper, more focused on eternal matters and acutely connected to our personal relationship with Christ. Consider some of these principles about rejoicing. We rejoice in the work and character of God. We're to rejoice in the Lord, Philippians tells us. That's a person, not a circumstance. And that, by the way, I think is the focus of what rejoicing is. It's written elsewhere, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. We also rejoice in the way God's work. It's written up on the screen as specific uh, circumstances call for rejoicing. 
But I think it's really, it'd be better titled when God is working. And this is a way to recognize God's work. One is when we're mourning, we can rejoice. When we're mourning, I've done many funerals. And in those that are with believers that have died, yes, there's mourning, but there's joy as well because there's hope. There's a, there's a mourning that has hope and there's a mourning without hope. We can rejoice even when circumstances are such that there's great loss because there's the hope that Christ gives. It's amazing. We can rejoice over new converts. Uh, it's, it's said in the situation with Barnabas in Acts 11, when he'd come and witnessed the grace of God, he rejoiced and began to encourage them all with resolute heart to remain true to the Lord. How cool it is to see people come to Christ, whether it's a child, one of our own children, one of their friends, friend at work that you talk to, or somebody we know at church that came to know the Lord. There's just something about that that brings a unique joy. And that's, that's God working in the heart, right? There's also great rejoicing when others walk in the truth. In Romans, it said, the report of your obedience has reached to all. Therefore, I am rejoicing over you. Third John 3, it says that I am rejoicing that my children walk in truth. There's nothing greater as a parent than to know that your children are walking with Christ. And by the way, there's no greater heartache than to know that they're going through a season when they're not walking with the Lord. Same with grandchildren, right? I'm rejoicing that God is working in such a way that you're walking with the truth. We also rejoice when Christ is preached. And Paul in Philippians 1.18 said, you know, even, even if the guy is doing it for selfish motives, even if I don't like his shtick, I'm still giving thanks that, that Christ is being preached. We find a lot to criticize with different churches. Is Christ being preached? I'm going to rejoice in that. Get this one. I rejoice when we can sacrifice for others. You read it right. Philippians says, but even if I am being poured out as a drink offering, that's another way of saying I'm giving up everything. Upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I rejoice and share my joy with you all. It's a joy that I get to be spent to help others in the faith. That's a joy. John 4 says, he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. So that means if there are opportunities ahead in which I can sweat, I can work hard, I can sacrifice for the kingdom, I'm going to rejoice in that because God is giving me an opportunity to impact, impact others. God is giving me an opportunity for reward by, by sacrificing. Now, just like with rejoicing, Thankfulness is mined from the character and work of God. Uh, it says that we give thanks to his name. Whenever he's, you see that, you know, I'm going to thank God for his name. That means his character. His character is consistent with his name. 2 Samuel 22:50 says, Therefore I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the nations, and I will sing praises to your name. Well, what are some of these attributes? One is his, his loving kindness. Loving kindness in the Hebrew it's kind of what grace is in the Greek and in the New Testament. And the Old Testament is filled with people being overcome by God's loving kindness. Now listen, I mean, I suppose that we can have the idea that, uh, you know, I'm kind of hot stuff. 
I, I deserve these things that God gives me. I'm entitled to them, in fact. You know, I'm going to put my stake in the ground, and God, I need to win that lottery. You know, I need to, I need to have this. I need to have that. Just fill in the blank, because you're God, and anything I ask, you said you'll give me. So here, start right now. Little genie in the bottle, Jehovah, go ahead and give it to me now. When we get in that mode and forget the fact that we deserve nothing, what we deserve is death because of our sin. And so when, that, when we go through that filter, we realize that when God blesses us, God gives to us, wow, I, I really am grateful. The psalmist said, I will praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. First Chronicles says, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Again, his loving kindness lasts how long? Everlasting. Not an end to it. God will continually be good as people. I'm to thank God also for his righteousness. I mean, how else could we know and be able to discern good from evil unless God communicated his standard? He has not left us up to just our own, you know, rationality, you know, our own relativism of the culture. That's no true right and wrong. That changes with every person, every state, just changes. God has got a moral character that is expressed to us specifically through the word, but even through the conscience of human beings, we have kind of an oil light that goes off that lets us know when we've done wrong. We live in a moral universe that God has created, and we can be thankful for that, that his righteousness is displayed. So I'm going to thank God that I know the difference. That's God at work communicating. At midnight, I will give thanks to you because of your righteous ordinances. I will give thanks to the Lord according to his righteousness and will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. I'm also thankful for creation. Psalm 139, 14 says, I will give thanks to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works and my soul knows it well. It is the ultimate rebellion for human beings to despise their createdness. You know, I don't like that God has made me a man or I don't like that God has made me a woman. I'm to thank God for how he's made me. And I can, I can settle in that. And these are, these are questions that I think everyone, to some degree, at some point in their life, kind of have to wrestle with. I don't like the way that, you know, God made me, uh, the way I look, or my personality, or whatever. And we despise God for that. We blame him. Instead, we need to thank him for our uniqueness, that we are beautifully crafted. I'll give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. Maybe first... The giving thanks could just start with, God, thank you for making me the way you've made me. Is that prideful? No. It's God's work. He made you the way you are. Thank him for that. With your gifts, with your personality, thank him for that. Next is our victory in Christ. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ, Paul wrote. Elsewhere, but thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. Not just singing about victory in Christ 
experiencing that, knowing that there are things that I can be thankful for about my victory, regardless of the circumstances, because regardless of what happens to me, regardless of my circumstances, he is still a great high priest. He is still sitting at the right hand of God, interceding for me. That is victory that I can experience, and I can be thankful for that. No matter how I feel or what my circumstance is, my security is in Christ and him alone. And I can be thankful for that. I am empowered and indwelt by the Holy Spirit to have victory over any temptation. I can thank God for that. Regardless of what the circumstances are. And like in rejoicing, I can also give thanks that I can serve and sacrifice. 1 Timothy 1.12 says, I thank God, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who strengthened me because he considered me faithful, putting me into service. Elsewhere, I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience the way my forefathers did. I mean, this might be one of those things that we just think, you know, that's for the uber spiritual, thank God for the fact that I get to serve and sacrifice. Yeah, right. I mean, that's not true, really. People are thanking God for that. Seriously? Yeah, seriously. Again, who are we serving? It's the creator of the universe who's put me on a mission to serve him, to give to him my time, treasure, and talent. Say, yeah, but you don't realize how I was hurt. The last time I served... The things that people said or, or should have said and they didn't? Now, maybe you have had an experience like that. Maybe you find that, uh, you know, serving is, is difficult. Well, here's a tip. Fix your approval, first of all, on Christ and not on what other people think of you. Amen. Fix your motivation on the one who loves you unconditionally and has given you life when you are deserving of death. He has proved his unconditional love to you. Fix your attention on the wonder of serving the creator who calls you into his service. I mean, I, I marvel at our service men and women in our armed forces who put it on the line, you know, go through a difficult boot camp and in some face combat. Why? Because they're serving a bigger cause. They, they have this ideal of, of country and, and freedom for their fellow Americans, and we're to be thankful for that. But on a much bigger scale, deeper scale, is we're serving the kingdom of God and our King Jesus. And we can give our very life and pour ourselves out for him. You say, but sometime it's inconvenient. I get that. That didn't seem to bother you when you got up at 5 a.m. to go to Target on Friday or Black Friday being inconvenient to get stuff that people are going to throw away after a few years anyway. So what kind of sacrifice are we willing to make to serve an eternal God to impact an eternal kingdom? For many, giving thanks is easy. You know, we just at our own Thanksgiving table. Thursday, you know, you go around, I'm thankful for my wife and kids and grandkids and a job and a church, all that. That's great. That's right. We're all thankful for those things, right? For others, though, 
Maybe there's great loss. Maybe they don't have those things in front of them. Maybe they yearn to have those things. They don't have them. So giving thanks has got to be squeezed through tears. The point is our circumstances change. They're different for everybody. What doesn't change is the character of God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Giving thanks transcends the circumstances because it is ultimately rooted in an immutable God. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. I had the pleasure of hearing Corey Tin Boom uh, speak at my home church when I was, uh, I believe, in my teens. If you're not familiar with Corey Tin Boom, she's since passed away, but she was a woman who was in a Nazi concentration camp. She and her sister, uh, Betsy, were kept at Ravensbrück, which was overcrowded and flea-infested. Uh, they had been able to miraculously smuggle a Bible into the camp, and in that Bible they read about giving thanks in all things, and that God can use anything for good. Betsy decided that meant thanking God for the fleas. Her sister wasn't so convinced and said she could not do such a thing to thank God for fleas. I mean, what's up with that? You don't thank God for fleas. I mean, really? Betsy insisted. So Corey finally gave in, prayed to God, thanked him for the fleas, even though initially it might have been begrudgingly. Over the next several months, a wonderful but curious thing happened. They found that the guards quit entering the barracks. That meant that the women were no longer assaulted. It also meant that they were able to do the unthinkable, and that was to hold Bible studies and prayer meetings openly within their cabins in the heart of a Nazi concentration camp. And through this, countless numbers of women came to Christ. And only at the end, they discovered why the guards did not enter the barracks. And I think you know why. They didn't want to have the fleas. Have you ever had fleas in your house? They're nasty stuff. We had a cat once. Had to clear the whole house. The only good cat is a dead cat, in my opinion, but that's just me. I, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> if you're a cat lover, <laughs> I'm just being real. <laughs> if you're cat people, God bless you. I'm not. Yeah. So our daughter was staying with us and her kids, and they had like five or six cats. And, oh, man, anyway. You know it's love when you have cats running around. Hey, I can't even be thankful for cats. <laughs> right? Thankful for the cat. I'm thankful for the goats that came this week and ate all of our new shrubbery out in front of the church. I'm thankful for that. Give thanks in all things. Only good goat is it? No, never mind. All right. Uh, <laughs> God's character is not something that changes with the circumstances. He's still God. He's still 
working. Maybe you've faced a situation where complaining is easy. I can complain about a spouse, a cat, a job, dissatisfaction with church, and maybe even God, because he hasn't come through. You know, you, you could easily make a list of the things that you're disappointed in. That comes easy. The things that I could complain about, after 200 and some pages, you might come to an end. That's easy. God's character does not change with our circumstances. He's still God. He's still working. And I want to remind you that others have demonstrated that they can give thanks in all things. And these people, Corey Ten Boom, the Apostle Paul, they went through things that not many of us will ever see in a lifetime. Why is that? Because giving thanks is an act of our will, right? So God's character does not change. He's still God. He's still working. Others have demonstrated that it's possible even through really difficult circumstances. And my giving of thanks is an act of my will. Even though I may not like certain things, it's not a denial of pain. It's just acknowledging that I can still recognize these things in operation in the midst of the circumstances. Thankfulness and gratefulness. They, they kind of bleed out from us. And by the way, so does ungratefulness. So does a bitter attitude. There's a true story recently of a group of London firemen who were called to retrieve a parrot from an apartment rooftop. The owner lived in the apartment and, and called for help. So the firemen came. They got a ladder up against the side of the building, came close to the parrot, and the parrot began cussing out the firemen, saying, blank off. The firemen were actually rather amused at this. But the owner was mortified because a parrot does not learn that language on their own. This was the only owner that parrot had ever known. The owner tried to cover it up with tweeting some nice little things that the parrot also said, like thank you and other, but it was too late. The damage had been done. Her heart had been revealed. I mean, un, ungratefulness or thankfulness kind of reveal the, the true state of our heart, do they not? Now listen, I know like a sermon like today could be like just dumping a bunch of, a bunch of information and maybe it's not landing. Maybe it really it makes no impact on, on any of you. And, but I just want to tell you this, that you are not subject to your circumstances. You are not subject to the way that you feel that you can choose to give thanks regardless of what's in front of you. And you know what will happen? Is that you begin to give thanks and that changes your disposition. And when your disposition changes, you know what begins to happen? You impact others around you. And by the way, that begins to impact the kingdom of God. So let's do this as a response to what we're talking about. Okay? Take out your bulletin or a sheet of paper. And I want you to write down on that sheet of paper or bulletin, if you don't have one, then use your phone. 
Write down the thing that is most difficult to give thanks for. What's the thing that is most difficult for you to give thanks for? Okay, now this is what I want you to do. Let's, let's just be honest before the Lord. As an act of worship, take that thing, take that thing, and begin to give thanks. You may not know why God allowed it. You may not see the reason for it. But you know that God is in control. You know that he loves you. And you can still give thanks for who he is, that he knows what he's doing. Do that now, just as an act of worship to him.